Let's talk about a struggle many of us know all too well, losing weight. Remember those days when everyone was on a juice cleanse or just basically hangry all the time? That was no fun for anyone. Well, there's a better, more sustainable way to shed those pounds. Today, I want to introduce you to Row Body. It's not your typical weight loss program. Instead of all the gimmicks, they offer access to the most popular weight loss shots on the market. But here's the real deal. They pair these shots with simple lifestyle changes, helping you lose 15 to 20% of your weight in a year on average and actually keep it off. Plus, over 200,000 people have already seen results with Robody. So what sets Robody apart? The support. They handle all the insurance stuff for you and give you access to a provider whenever you need them. And the best part, you can sign up online from home, no doctor's appointments and no waiting rooms. Say goodbye to those days of hangry juice cleanses. With Robody, losing weight is straightforward and sustainable. Take that first step today and say hello to a healthier, happier you. Kickstart your weight loss journey the right way and head to ro.co slash I do. That's ro.co slash I-D-O. Sign up today for just $99 for your first month and $145 a month after that. Remember, medication costs are separate. That's row.co slash I do. Hey, Love Tribe. Today's episode is brought to you by one of my personal favorites, Cozy Earth. They've got something special for all the mothers out there. So anyone who wants to shower the special woman in their lives with love and the comfort they deserve, listen up. Hands down, Cozy Earth has the best sheets, bedding, pajama sets, and more. So today, I'm excited to share that Relationship Advice listeners get an exclusive 35% off discount. Simply go to CozyEarth.com and use the promo code I do at checkout. The first time I tried their bamboo sheets, I was blown away. The comfort level is insane. I just love slipping into their seriously soft and cool sheets after a long day. And for a mom who knows that the struggle of sleep deprivation is real. Cozy Earth's temperature regulating technology has been a lifesaver. No more waking up sweating or freezing. But what really sold me is the quality of the bamboo sheets. They are by far the most comfortable sheets I have ever slept in. They are made to last years, which they have. I think at this point, I have about six sets of them. And they have a 100-night sleep free trial and a 10-year warranty. So you know you're getting something that is going to stick around. So if you're ready to prioritize your sleep health and treat yourself or the mom in your life to the luxury she deserves, head on over to CozyEarth.com and use the promo code I do for an exclusive 35% off because every mom deserves a good night's sleep. And with Cozy Earth, you can finally get the rest you need. Sing this song, sing it one by one. 
what's going on, guys? Thanks so much for tuning in to today's show, where I have a very interesting and valuable conversation with Dr. Jessica Higgins. And she holds two graduate degrees in psychology, two coaching certifications, and has over 20 years of experience helping clients achieve successful results with an integrative and comprehensive blend of psychology and coaching all in one. And she is also the host of her own podcast, The Empowered Relationship Podcast, where she helps you turn relationship challenges into opportunities and sets you up for relationship success, satisfaction, and intimacy. And if you listen to today's show, hopefully we'll set you up for all those things. But we're dealing with a pretty negative and tough topic, and that is dealing with criticism. So whether you feel like Maybe you're overly critical, which oftentimes maybe that type of person that's overly critical doesn't have much self-awareness, but good for you if you're identifying with that or if you feel criticized by your partner and how to navigate criticism, how to talk to your partner that you feel criticized, how to process your own feelings around criticism. If you're someone who's criticizing or even if you're not, understanding where criticism comes from what that communication is really about, and so much more. So I really enjoyed today's conversation. And I wanted to point out, I, I use a lot of personal examples that we we talk about, and I want to be clear that that is not my relationship with Sarah. Not that Sarah and I didn't have our issues. Certainly there was criticism involved, probably mostly on my end, unfortunately, but I, I just want to to be clear that the, the examples I give are from another relationship. I'm not trying to throw anyone under the bus, that relationship, but just I think that's um, important to kind of communicate for you guys. So as always, thank you so much for tuning in, telling your friends and family about the show. We really appreciate it. Sarah's still very much involved in the episode. She's producing them all. She's giving me feedback. And who knows, she might jump back in and join for a few. She's been really busy with a couple of new businesses that she's created here in our hometown of Nosara, Costa Rica. So she is really crushing it. I'm so proud of her, but she has expressed interest in, in coming back on. But for now, it's just me and I think we'll be able to get her back on a few shows here. So thank you guys. Maybe you can look forward to that and enjoy today's episode. Hi, Jessica. Thanks so much for joining me on the show today. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. So I'm not sure if we've dedicated a whole show to dealing with criticism in a relationship. We've certainly talked about it, and I'm excited to really do a deep dive into criticism today. So why don't we start with having you tell myself and our listeners what criticism looks like and We'll talk about how it shows up in the relationship and then how to deal with it. Mm, yes. Okay. It's a great place to start. And I just want to first off say that criticism is a common tendency, particularly in our modern day society where we use our intellect, perhaps even in our profession, whether or not we are assessing risk or an attorney or 
in a high level executive position that we might need to call shots and evaluate and be very decisive about what's happening throughout the day. And even if we're managing other people, right, giving feedback around where this behavior is on point, where it's not on point. So I think that there's a lot of ways that these critical thinking skills, I mean, look, in college, this is one of the number one things that I think students are hoping or professors are hoping that their students get is this ability to think for themselves and critically analyze. So having said that, when we pivot to relationship, that in relationship, it's the one sphere where we don't want to be evaluated. And I mean, most of us don't really want to probably be evaluated across the board. It doesn't feel good to be always uh, scrutinized or given you know, that level of feedback, but relationship is the one area where we want to feel comforted, soothed, the sense of safe haven, if you will. And that we partner to feel this emotional intimacy, this sense of bondedness, the sense that our partner has our back and is there for us and that we can feel that sense of regard and and love. And so we typically don't respond well to unsolicited feedback in relationship. And that's not to say, oh, we close our mouth and zip it and don't say anything. It's just the the way in which this usually evolves. So to really answer your question around what it looks like in relationship is superhuman tendency that when we're hurt or there's an ouch of some form that we're going to want to call out, raise our hand, perhaps even point to the thing that hurts. That very pointing, when it happens to be in relationship with our significant other, can feel like a criticism, can feel like even an attack or character accusation. And what that tends to do is it sets it up for this criticism defensive loop, which can be a vicious cycle. Because really, at the end of the day, Chase, when we raise our hand, what we're really wanting on the inside most of the time is to have our partner respond to us to hear the call of I'm hurt and when want to feel that comfort and want to feel that help, even if it's a longing or if it's that ouch that I'm referring to. And so when we raise our hand and we point at it and it sounds like criticism, our partner hears it as an accusation or characterization of some sort, then they're likely going to be in their own skin and they're going to say, wait, that's not true. Let me show you all the reasons why that's not true. And, and so the defensiveness and then the person who's hurting raised their hand is feeling left, isn't feeling seen. And then the vicious cycle, because then they're still going to want to feel seen and heard. And maybe they up the ante a little bit, whether or not in tone of voice or in characterization. And the person on the defense is going to feel a little bit more attacked perhaps, and then want to defend even further. So it's this vicious loop and both people feel disconnected, feel hurt, probably even secondarily from the communication. And over time, this can be very damaging to the bond. And when we look at this and how common it is, I think that this can happen and we can repair and get back on point. But I'm talking about a a pattern and a dynamic that tends to get people off track. I have so many questions and and I really want to dive into this. So let me start with where is the line between criticism and a partner that says, well, I'm just trying to be helpful or I'm just giving you feedback? Mm -hmm. That's a great question. Well, I would say, okay, let's work with an example. I think that will help. But I just want to say generally 
our partner is less interested in what we think of them and what we think they're doing right or not right. They're more interested in feeling that bondedness and that connection. That being said, with my husband, I know that there have been plenty of times and he even solicits, excuse me, he even solicits my input often. But there's a a permission here. So if we're going to really get clear, the line in the sand for me is I either ask, hey, I noticed I have some thoughts. Are you open to it? And then if he's in a time and a place where he wants to get that feedback, he'll say, sure. Or perhaps he says yes. And he's like, wait a second. I thought I was, but I'm I'm not really into this right now, which has happened. And so the other times, perhaps even my husband will solicit. So therefore it's permission granted. So I understand I'm in his lane and I'm talking about him and he's given some permission for that. So I think that that is a good rule of thumb that we are observing each other. That's one of the things in relationship that's so beautiful is we're witness to each other's life and our becoming and our growing and development. And that being said, again, by and large, in relationship, we're not looking to be evaluated and uh, given feedback and and be under the microscope, if you will. I want to give a specific example, but first I want to clarify. So it seems like unsolicited advice is really not warranted because it's like we didn't ask to be critiqued. and, And you gave an example of saying like, in our communication, are you open to hearing about this? Hey, there's something I I wanted to talk about, about the way you drive. Can we talk about that a little bit? Would that be clear in a better approach than just like, you know, instructing while you're driving, don't do this, do that. And I'm going to give a specific example after this. Yes. Well, Chase, thank you for just clarifying and reflectively listening there because it does really stand out to me that when we are trying to give feedback, which happens, then I think that's a really good rule of thumb. And the other thing that we're going to be talking about today, I hope, is most of the time when we lead with criticism, we actually have a need and our partner wants to know that whether or not it's a longing or whether or not it's a fear or a hurt. And that's the thing we want to really try to verbalize so that they can see it and feel that clear cue. So you brought up the driving example. I experience this sometimes if my husband's in a grumpy mood and he's like getting super irritable with another driver who is in the wrong, but still my husband and his energy around it, I'm like, ah. So I could easily point to calm down or what's your problem or like, you know, whatever I would say that would be potentially criticism, but really underneath that is whether or not it's, I'm wanting to have a good time with you. I'm wanting to feel my nervous system relaxed with you, or perhaps I feel scared, right? You didn't slow down when that person was cutting you off. And I feel like that was a real close call. I'm that, that, doesn't work for me. I feel scared and I have a a need to feel safe driving with you, right? And then that can talk about how we negotiate boundaries and whatever. But they're often, more often than not, it's actually we protest in the form of criticism, but really underneath there's a need that we're asking for something from our significant other. And like almost everything we talk about on this show, it's all about communication and delivery and mindfulness. So it's okay to feel unsafe in the car, but it's not productive to the relationship to be like, hey, would you just drive a little bit 
more carefully and or, you know, and, and kind of lash out and react rather than respond. Right. So what I'm hearing you say is just to really identify if we're feeling like we want to be critical, what it is that we're feeling and then how we deliver that is where all the magic is and the hard part. Yes. I was just going to say easier said than done because that (laughs) awareness when we're in that knee jerk, I mean, look, when we're threatened, our nervous system kicks into that fight or flight and that happens in a nanosecond. And so that awareness that you're inviting people into, which I also endorse heavily, does take a moment of pause. It does take a moment of regulation to be able to reflect. So in these moments that are like hyper fast and and happening so quickly, our body isn't actually equipped to do really, I mean, a little bit of work and prep work and also conscious development can help us recognize this. Because if we've been around the block a few times, I've, I've been in the car with my husband many, many times. So it's not like the first rodeo, right? I, I have a, a level of awareness from previous interactions that I can bring that forward. Um, but sometimes, yes, easier said than done. Before we continue on, we're going to take a short break to tell you about our sponsors. When you work full time, have kids and run a podcast, it's hard to make time for a multiple step skincare protocol. That's why I'm excited to tell you about today's sponsor, OneSkin. Their products make it easy to keep your skin healthy while looking and feeling your best. Let me repeat it. They make it easy no complicated routine, just simple, scientifically validated solutions. If you're looking for skincare products that are simple and effective, for a limited time, you'll get an exclusive 15% off your first OneSkin purchase when using the code I do when you check out at oneskin.co. I've been using OneSkin's body lotion for about a month and I've already seen noticeable improvements with small wrinkles and textures on my skin, specifically on the back of my neck and the back of my hands, two places where I get a lot of sun. Plus, my skin looks and feels healthier all around. It's all thanks to OneSkin's revolutionary OS-01 peptide, the first ingredient proven to deactivate aging cells responsible for lines, wrinkles, and thinning skin. Unlike traditional skincare products that only mask symptoms, OneSkin pioneered a new approach integrating tissue engineering and cutting-edge science to enhance skin biology for lasting resilience against aging. OneSkin is the world's first skin longevity company. By focusing on cellular aspects of aging, OneSkin keeps your skin looking and acting younger for longer. Get started today with 15% off using the code IDO at oneskin.co. That's 15% off oneskin.co with the code IDO. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them. Please support your show and tell them we sent you. If you're tuning into today's show, you're probably aware that mental health and relationship challenges are a part of life, but they don't have to define you and you're not alone. If you've ever wished that you could join a conversation with an expert and call into a show in a similar vein as relationship advice, here's an opportunity for you. If you're navigating something messy, call the Dr. John Deloney Show. 
His show recently hit top five of all podcasts on Apple Podcasts and for a good reason. With a PhD in counseling and two decades of experience sitting with people, Dr. Deloney brings practical advice on how to connect with others, face depression, overcome anxiety, and find true wellness. This caller-driven show tackles real-life issues from relationships to emotional well-being. Dr. Deloney walks alongside people just like you as they navigate tough decisions. So no matter what you're going through, the Dr. John Deloney Show is here for you. Send your questions, leave a voicemail at 844-693-3291 or email askjohn at ramseysolutions.com. They want to talk to you. Listen to the Dr. John Deloney Show wherever you get your podcasts or follow the link on our website. So I want to give, let's go with this driving example. Sure. Let's say, and this is a person I know, let's say it's me. Let's say I'm pulling out and I'm, I'm going into traffic and I don't leave a ton of room for someone else to maybe pull in to the driveway because I got to see. And my partner says, you know, in what I feel critically, like, what are you doing? There's no room, you know, like instructing me in the moment. And then that felt like criticism. And then I pulled out and then calmly I say, hey, you know, I, I feel criticized when you tell me how to drive. And I think I'm doing a pretty good job. And of course, if I'm going to get in an accident, I want to hear and I want you to feel safe, but I feel criticized. So that's the first part of the communication. But then my partner responds with, I'm just trying to help. <laughs> and, mm -hmm. and so to me, that's a common dynamic that I experience. And so I want you to maybe talk about that example. And then on top of that, I also wonder for myself and maybe our listeners have been there if sometimes I'm being overly sensitive and shouldn't say anything, but I did feel Criticize, And this is in a broader context of a relationship where I felt there was a fair amount of criticism across the board. You know, it wasn't just this isolated incident. Oh, so key. Thank you for giving me some context there. I'll speak to the context in a minute. But the first thing I want to just normalize how common, again, this is, how quickly and what a slippery slope this can be, especially when it's a charged environment, especially driving in the car, right? I mean, even though we are adults and we know how to drive, we probably do it in autopilot. There are a lot of moving parts. And when it feels like there's a close call or, you know, people's reactivity, especially in the heightened, you know, climate of different stressors, you know, with COVID or whatever it is, uh, that that can amplify things very, very quickly. So this is usually uh, just very, very uh, fuel for the fire, if you will. And so one of the things that, two things I would say to this, one thing first off is if I'm on the receiving end, and this is a ninja move, and I say that because it's not an easy move and it takes a lot of preparation, it takes a lot of self-awareness and a lot of willingness to tolerate some of the discomfort and try to regulate. And so there's a lot of skills that go into this. So it's it's a little bit more of an advanced move, but I think very effective. And that is that if I'm on the receiving end of the criticism and I've responded and I can tell that, oh, they're in their place, I'm in my place, and we have a difference here. One great move is to say, 
sounds like you have emotions about this or sounds like this means something to you or, or just simply, can you tell me more about what comes up for you around that when you're just trying to help? Like, is, is there more in it for you? And I love that, that just cue to inquire and all of that framing. I gave you like three examples or more that it invites the person to do what you're very um, encouraging people to do here, which is to reflect. So again, when this is moving so fastly in an interaction between partners, if there's even an invitation to, can you tell me more around what's happening for you, how this matters? And just on a side note, Chase, I know you know this, and I know listeners know this. It's just a reminder that when we are approaching the same situation from a different outlook, it can feel like conflict because we have a different value or we have a different opinion or we have a different something. And we could go back and forth and provide evidence around why we're right. And that just gets us into a, a power struggle or perhaps just more feeling pitted or escalates or what have you. And so one of the real key strategies can be is to get out how come this matters? Can you tell me the significance? And sometimes that can bring up a whole host of things that wouldn't have been visible if we didn't ask that question. And that's a difficult thing to do in the heat of the moment. And I'll just raise my hand here and say, when I'm reacting, I want to feel heard and seen. I'm often not pausing to ask my husband, oh, tell me what that means. And I have done it a lot. Like I have practice a lot because I have done, I walk my talk, I do my very best too. So all that to say, if we're feeling like our partner's coming at us with some energy of some strength, because what I'll also say, which I know we know, is that we are responding to microfacial expressions, tone of voice, and that communication in the high 80s is really nonverbal. So when we're feeling something from our partner and they're using words of, I'm just trying to help, right? That content of the actual language, we would have potentially no issue with, but we can hear and feel other cues in their nonverbals, right? So that's at play. And so when we can ask more about that, then that gives them space to unpack what's going on. And then maybe we could get at, I feel uncomfortable or... I don't feel safe or whatever it is. I want to have a really nice time with you. I've had clients where, you know, they don't have a lot of time together. So anytime they're together, they want to feel a sense of joy, want to feel good together. And if there's a partner that's like potentially road raging or super irritable or that type of thing, then that can be an issue. And I know in your example, you're the one being criticized, but I'll just pause there to see if you want to respond before I go to the other point of context. I love it. And I love that you brought up the nonverbal because I feel like just the syntax nonverbal makes it sound like it's a non thing, but it's almost mm. everything, right? Is the tone of voice. And, and I'm using this driving example and it sounds trivial, but when it's part of a bigger thing, a lot of times there's underlying needs not being met. And I, I do want to ask for me in that position, it's something that I would like to overlook and I didn't want to fight about it in that instance, mm. but that's where I asked, like, where's the line between being overly sensitive? But it, it just seemed like a lot in the broader context of a relationship where there was criticism about my behavior or, or just mm -hmm. other things outside of driving. It's just the driving that day or whatever, maybe because it's such a trivial thing, I felt like, man, just can, can I just drive and, and not be criticized about 
that in a sense. Right. Cut me some slack. Give me some yeah. grace here. Yeah. yeah. Well, the thing I want to say before the, just pivoting to the context of the relationship is it's all fair. Whatever's emerging is what we work with because I think that's where we get into trouble, especially us who study personal growth principles that we want to will ourselves into a certain behavior or relating. And when our nervous system is activated, there's no way we can override that myself included. Right. I, I, you know, I have many, many years and several degrees and been practicing stuff forever. And it's, I, my nervous system is going to have a response. So if I were driving and I were in that situation, I felt my partner was coming at me and I didn't feel like I really did anything wrong. And then I can recognize there's an opportunity to dialogue, but perhaps I'm actually triggered or I feel a little hurt or I feel misunderstood or I just can feel that I'm not in that grounded place. I might call that and say, look, I, I really care about you. This is important. Let's circle back. I noticed I feel a little on edge and I want to focus on driving and I just want to attempt to just try to have a few breaths with you and just see if we can kind of calibrate and then let's revisit and just calling it out of like, perhaps I'm not in the best mind frame at the moment. I've found myself saying to my husband when we've been talking in the past where it feels like he's raising his voice and I feel myself reacting to him. And I'm like, oh, I can tell I'm reacting. I don't want to like get into this. And I can tell I'm about to start getting upset and raising my voice. I don't want to do that with you. I'm going to take a pause and let's revisit. So I can call that at any point, right? I'm really responsible for myself in that way. And if it doesn't make sense or doesn't seem rational or seems silly, it's okay. Like there could be many things that inform why we might get triggered. We didn't sleep well. We're stressed at work. We have a climate of COVID or whatever it is. Like that's just what's happening. And we want to be able to negotiate whatever's happening. That's the safety. That's the real cues of sending over to our significant other. Hey, I'm feeling dysregulated right now. Like this isn't the best time perhaps. And there, hopefully in this points to the context is when we have a level of being able to feel safe together, that we can be vulnerable. We can feel like we're not at our best and we can still have each other's back. We can feel like we're there to help each other and support each other, even in our tenderness, even in our woundedness, or even in our trauma, that that's where we build. And this is a learning curve with any relationship. We don't come into relationship with this type of safety. We have to develop it that then we have something to rely on, right? I can tell with my husband now, you know, we've been together since 2006. And so there are moments that would have set us off in the past that might still trigger, but it will just take a few seconds or even minutes and we'll have a repair attempt and he'll make a joke or I'll breathe or we'll re-engage and we'll, we'll, it's not like it's water under the bridge, but we know how to get back to that because we've done so much and demonstrated and we have in our nervous system, there's a real felt sense that we are safe with each other. And that takes a lot of work. You mean relationship is hard for you, Dr. Higgins? <laughs> <laughs> well, that being said, I mean, look, some people don't have the level of woundedness or trauma. We both have backgrounds of, you know, collectively there's divorce, there's alcoholism, there's abuse, there's, you know, um, loss, like death and early age. Like there's a lot of stuff that we've known in relationship and it's just, 
what we've experienced. So again, if we look at human beings, we are almost, I'm going to date myself here, like this um, catalog or Rolodex or something of all the things that's happened in relationship. And so that primal part of our brain who wants us to, you know, that's designed for us to survive is going to keep track of all that around what's gone wrong to protect us. Right. So we learn, and this is how we experience our imprint, our, our mapping of relationship. And so if we haven't had that safety and security consistently or have had trauma or certain instances that have been painful, then there are things that are going to come up in relationship and it's not bad and wrong. It's just, it is what it is. It's what we've known. It's where we come from. So we work with that and that's part of fostering the safety and and it obviously can get really triggered and activated and that's where people get stuck sometimes for sure. Well, I was only being facetious and and I I meant that because it is the human experience and and thank you for sharing, you know, your personal side and and I think mm-hmm. that's good for me to hear. It's good for our listeners to hear that whatever is emerging is fair in that it's hard. And that's why I love doing this podcast is to get the tools, to give the tools to to our audience through conversations with people like you. And and I love when our guests share their personal experiences and, and struggles in a sense, even broadly, because that's an important realization that these things are difficult to navigate. And it's all the more reason to consciously go into relationship, bringing these tools to get these tools. It's why you guys are out there listening. So, so thank you for that. I want to dive into, we're talking about this example of, it, it could be any criticism, but let's just continue with the driving here. And I respond, hey, you know, I, I feel criticized when you come at me like that. And and let's say, and you mentioned the negative cycle, and I think that this is what it is. But then our partner gets defensive and says, I'm only trying to help. And then neither of us feel safe in the relationship. I feel criticized. And in a sense, my partner felt criticized because I'm saying, hey, don't tell me how to drive, even if it's in a nice way. So is that the negative cycle? And if so, how can we navigate that and feel safe together? Before we continue on, we're going to take a short break to tell you about our sponsors. I'm grateful that you really pointed out just that if there is some previous experience of not feeling like your partner responded or feeling even hurt through these interactions and dynamics that it can feel unsafe. So we might enter into that a little more defended. And so on the outside, again, we might lead with what might be our tendency, whether or not it's defensiveness or criticism and the way our significant other is going to receive that probably will hurt. And so what you're really pointing to with this, like, I feel criticized is this. Do you want to know one of my favorite meals? It's a slice of toasted bread with tomato, mozzarella, basil, olive oil, salt and pepper, and a little drizzle of balsamic glaze. Makes my heart happy. It's so simple. It's so delicious. And I love that all the ingredients get to show off their individual flavors. I used to eat it all the time as my easy go-to meal. And then all of a sudden, there was a ton of messaging out there telling me that I shouldn't eat carbs and that I shouldn't eat bread and that bread is bad. And I hate to admit it, but I cut out bread entirely for the longest time. And it wasn't until recently that I started to understand that not 
all bread is created equal. Hero Bread makes those same delicious favorites free of consequences or compromises. They've remade carby, empty-calorie bread products into fluffy, delicious versions that include no net carbs, zero grams of sugar, and fewer calories, plus protein and fiber. I highly recommend that you give their bread a try. They're giving Relationship Advice listeners 10% off when you visit Hero. Dot co and use the code I do at checkout. I was so excited to discover Hero Bread. It's truly amazing. And they've made a product that is tasty and soft while having zero to one grams of net carbs, zero grams of sugar, and high in fiber. I'm not going to lie. Their white bread is so good and it makes the best tomato and mozzarella sandwich. Last week, Stella and I were back in Florida visiting our family and we all walked to the lake and the only bread we had in the house was hero bread. So we grabbed a slice, walked to the lake, and by the time we got there, Stella had eaten the whole piece of bread and of course, wanted more. So the poor ducks didn't get any hero bread, but Stella did. Since I had cut out bread for a while, every time I ate low quality bread, my body felt bad. It felt bloated and I didn't feel great. But with Hero Bread, I feel good after eating it, which makes my life so much easier because now I can go back to my easy grab and go sandwiches when I'm on the run. Hero Bread is offering 10% off your order. Go to hero.co and use the code I do at checkout. That's I do at H-E-R-O Hey, Love Tribe. I have just a few questions for you. I want to know why you are here listening to the podcast. Are you here because you want to stop bickering with your partner and you want to feel truly heard? Or are you looking for ways to reignite your sex life? Or do you want to feel more emotionally connected with your partner? Or do you just long for those fun, giggly moments of connection that you used to have at the beginning of your relationship? Well, over the last decade of hosting this podcast, those were the main reasons people tuned into the show. And we get it. We've been there. So we created our course, Spark My Relationship, because we wanted to put those tools to unlocking a fulfilling relationship right in your hands. We're offering $100 off our course, Spark My Relationship, which is a self-paced course designed to help you create more passion, improve your communication, and build a stronger, more intimate connection with your partner and have an amazing time doing it. We've collaborated with over 15 therapists and psychologists to bring you the strategies that marriage therapists teach their clients. So to unlock this special offer of our course, our listeners can visit sparkmyrelationship.com slash unlock to get $100 off. That's sparkmyrelationship.com forward slash unlock. Trying to get at the deeper layer. So there can be a little bit more of that reveal, that vulnerability. And I will say it's tricky when we use language, right? And I know this might sound evaluative and I don't mean it like that. I just, it's, it's a deeper, deeper dive sometimes. Cause if I say I feel criticized, I'm pointing to something that happened to me. So by indirect, I'm still pointing out, you did something to me that hurt. Right. But there is a vulnerability and a softening there in the nonverbal and the willingness to share. So it's a 
you know, and I think in a safe relationship that has the history that they, there could be inquiry there. Oh no, I didn't mean to criticize like, you know, and there can be a turn towards that. And for relationships that are in that negative cycle, they can hear that as a attack perhaps. And so it's, it's, it is this, I, I, you know, look, I appreciate that this is hard, hard work. And I know that in the heat of the moment, there are times where if my husband does something, so we are in Santa Barbara, which is just a little North of uh, Los Angeles, California. And there's a beach volleyball, excuse me, a beach volleyball community here. And we play a lot. When we first moved here, we played and we really enjoyed playing. We played co-ed. Now I play women's, he plays men's, but we would attempt to play together. And he grew up playing football. And then if he's having stress in his work, getting into his body, right? He's feeling all this intensity. And so his demeanor on the court, I would feel very much um, activated by. I would feel, I would feel him and notice him. And then I would feel pressured. And then I would play worse because I'm worried about disappointing him or worried about his reaction. And then it would be this downward spiral. And so when I would want to address it with him, everything that would come out of my mouth is like, you kicked the ball like two courts over, or you said this and you did that, like feeling very justified, right? Which out of the gate feels like that um, I'm in his lane talking about what he did, which is all in fact true, right? This is where it gets hard is like, these are all legit. Like when X, Y, Z happened, right? Here's and this is the part I'm trying to get to is here's what happens for me. So if I go to my journal, I literally, the first probably two pages are going to be like how I was embarrassed or what, like how he can't get his calm together or like what all the stuff about what I have issue with. And then I will get to, okay, so what happens for me? And then I get to this place and there's almost this like inner resonance of like, oh, okay. And I, I'm like, oh, I was scared right? That like, I'm on the court, you were in our body. I know it seems silly that it's a sport, but it's, you know what, this is why life can get really confusing. It's like driving is not that big of a deal or being on the court and playing volleyball and beach volleyball. It's not that big of a deal, but in our nervous system, the interactions, and when we see our partner and their big displays or their demonstration of something, we're wired up to co-regulate, to respond to those cues. So we are going to feel them. And this is where it gets like, we, we start editing and, and um, censoring ourselves. So going back to the journal, if I can get at that real inner understanding of a deeper layer of like, I felt scared, right? Like I, it doesn't make a lot of rational sense. I know you are safe. I know we're safe together, but when I see you and it looks like you're angry, it looks like you're upset and you're, you're, you're nonverbals. Like I can feel myself starting to collapse. Like I can feel myself starting to, and it, and again, this is a silly example, but it's what happened for me. And so if I can help him understand and look, then we can start saying, how does that make sense? So not to go too long winded into this, but that, oh, I can recognize my experiences in my past. I've grown up with a family member that is very expressive with their emotions and it felt big and it felt intense and I can feel that, right? So then it starts to be like, oh, okay, there might be other threads to this. And so if I can turn to him with that, so it is, it is X, Y, Z when 
it looks like you're having intense emotion on the court and you said this or you kicked the ball there or whatever happened. I want to share with you, here's where I go and here's what got brought up or here's what's happening for me on the inside. So it's still about the action rather than here's what happens for me on the inside. Here's where I go in my heart. Here's where I go in my nervous system. Here's where I go in my fear or my my thinking and my longing. It helps a lot. And I want to ask you what a good response from your partner would be, or let's say a healthy response, because I know an unhealthy response would be defensiveness and, and Mm -hmm. them just digging in. Yeah. Well, what's interesting is, you know, in the early stages, and I would say for many, many years, my husband and, and from time to time, we'll, we'll hook back into some old tendencies, but it doesn't happen very often because we've worked this so often, but the earlier years, we'd be in our pattern. And it's so fascinating, Chase, when I would do the work that I'm describing, which isn't always realistic. Like if we're driving, we can't say, excuse me, I'm going to pull over while I journal. (laughs) We're on our way to get somewhere by a certain time, right? So some of it, we just, I think can be better to just put a pin in it and then circle back. Because if we're off track, it's likely we're not going to get back on track if we're both kind of a little agitated, right? So What I'm getting at, though, is when I could soften and stay in my lane, help him understand what happens without any blame or shame or really set the stage where like when X, Y, and Z happens, but let let me really focus on where I go, what happens for me and the significance and why it matters, then he's in a position to be able to see it without contending with what it means for him. And look, he's got a whole background where he feels often like he's in the wrong or did something and it's his fault. Like he, he comes with that lens, even when I'm not trying to be critical or even say anything about him, he'll pick that up real quick. So I think he's been a good practice person (laughs) because he's highly sensitive to criticism, which I think you might've been pointing to a little bit earlier, but what I want to say, the magic of this is I feel like it's been a hundred percent of the time that he has softened and and it does matter if it's set and setting where I've, we've come back to it and it's a calmer space. We're both in a, a better mindset and heart space to be able to really have a heart to heart, if you will. And so if I can reveal this and really access the emotion, that's the other key here. It's not just telling the story about it. It's more giving him some glimpse of what it looks like. So the inside is being more clearly revealed. Chase, he is hundred percent of the time softened to that. And some do some, it's more like, oh my gosh. And he's like, so super right there. Other times he's like, I so hear that. And he's still a little stuck, but he's like softened. And then we work from there. So to answer your question, how does somebody respond? I'm getting, I'm actually pivoting away from the technique and more to the work because Again, when we come back to these nonverbals, even if we say the right thing, it's not going to matter, which brings up just one other thought that we've been in therapy before. And through the facilitating of the therapist and my husband's deepening and his vulnerable share, and then the therapist is inviting me to reflect or say, you know, turn towards that. And I'm like, I've done this before, right? I've said this exact same thing and it didn't work, right? And he's like, it doesn't matter. He's right here right now. And he's saying, and, and are you willing to, to and, I, and I try and I do it. And 
um, he's able to receive it. So sometimes it's not even about what you're saying. It can be about the person's willingness to hear it. So there are a lot of moving parts that can get this off track and get it, get it back on track. But I would say the, um, as the person who's responding to the vulnerability, the hope would be there could be some softening. But again, we work with whatever it is. So if I hear you say, I'm feeling criticized right now, right? I hopefully could soften to that. But if I couldn't, I could say, you know, I hear that and I just feel still really charged or I still feel really agitated. And we work with that. Like, but if it's staying in one's lane, like that's the best principle I would say as far as what we're talking about, because anytime we get outside of our lane, that's going to set us up to that criticism and defensiveness. That makes a lot of sense. And thank you for for laying it all out there. And, And again, for those personal examples, what would you tell someone who's doing the work, they're diving into this, but their partner just feels overly critical? Like what is overly critical? You know, where's that line? And if our partner's not softening and we're just staying in our lane, changing the things we can change and control. What would you tell a person in that situation? Yes. Great question. I appreciate it. So this is, I I get where you're going. Okay. So there we go with, I still, if we're in our boundary or in our lane, right, that I'm having a hard time when we're relating to each other. When I hear you say X, Y, and Z, here's what's happening for me. And it's really affecting my experience with you. And I'm really concerned. And are you open to sharing what's happening for you? Right. So a lot of what I'm pointing to is staying in your lane and revealing, and there's the other person. So if I express this concern and say, I have, I have limits here. I have certain boundaries and I'm going to want from moving forward, I might need to change the game a little. I'm not gonna, I'm going to either say, I'm going to put a pause to this conversation and I'm going to leave or I'm going to get quiet and I'm not trying to stonewall you, but I'm not wanting to, I'm not available to participate in this. So some real clear boundaries might need to be put in place. But then if we're in that relational softened space, there can be an opportunity to inquire, right? Not the unsolicited feedback, but are you willing right? There's a permission that you're asking about. Are you willing to help me with what happens for you in these moments where it looks like on the outside and it sounds like to me criticism and here's how it happens for me. And we've talked about that. Are you open to talking about what's happening for you on the inside when perhaps you might show me criticism or say things in certain ways that to me look like criticism? And so hopefully the partner is willing to explore that and do some of their unpacking around what's happening on the inside. And this is the thing that I focus most on, Chase, is the person who's doing the criticism that by and large, it's often a protest. They're trying to get a need met. They're trying to get some attention around something. And this is the way either how they've grown up or for many, many reasons, have developed this tendency. And look, it's worked. If we look at the history, it was good reason and it was the best strategy back then, but perhaps they're still utilizing it and it's not the best strategy. And so if we can get at those inside parts, then there's a moving the needle. Jessica, this has been so valuable. 
uh, for me and, and I know it will be for our listeners. Before we wrap up, are there any things that we skipped over or something that you want to emphasize? And then we'll say goodbye. Hmm. Well, I just want to, again, normalize that when we perhaps are noticing the criticism in ourselves or even in our significant other that, again, as I just mentioned, typically there's good reason why we do that. And if we can bring some interest and inquiry to the process as these deeper parts that I'm referring to, that there's a lot more there that's going to give us access to the empathy, the compassion, the desire to help. And this is where we feel that emotional connectedness. And that's where we feel inspired to really work together. And that's easier said than done. Yes. And what I notice a lot of people who perhaps are in the camp of being the person that is a little bit more critical, they might get feedback from other venues. Maybe they're critical in a lot of arenas in their life and they notice and they can see it and it's been pointed out, but there's this almost, I'm going to willpower. I'm just going to stop this. I'm not going to do this, but there's so many things that make it very difficult to just willpower yourself out of. So if you are listening and you notice this, I just want to encourage you that there are reasons why that this is happening. And that again, there can be a lot to be gleaned. And the thing that I like to talk about is this can be curriculum for our development. This can be a signpost um, showing us a path that can be actually really fruitful if we're so willing to turn towards that. Thank you for that, Jessica. Can you tell our listeners where they can find you online? Yeah. So the website is drjessicahiggins.com. And I also have the free guide, which is shifting criticism into connected communication that's there on the homepage. And it's a real side-by-side comparison that gives people language to work with that what a critical tendency might be, scenarios, like specific scenarios, what a language would be that would be a a normal, critical, maybe start, and how to shift that into more of what we're talking about today, more of that inner reveal that more that sets up the communication dynamic for connection. And I do also have a podcast. It's Empowered Relationship Podcast, and you can find that on any of the podcast players. Excellent. Well, our listeners can find those links in our show notes and on our website, idopodcast.com. And thanks so much for taking the time to come on the show today. Yes. Thanks, Chase. It's been fun chatting with you. Thank you guys so much for tuning into today's episode. As always, all the links to the guest as well as any of their recommendations will be in the show notes page. You can find the link to that in the episode description or by going to idopodcast.com. Click on the podcast tab up at the top and you will have access to all the episodes that we've ever done. There are over 300 of them. Uh, And while you're on our website, if you haven't checked out our free 14-day happy couple challenge, We really hope you do. It's a free email challenge that we send to you. It's 14 days of fun, easy, doable challenges to help strengthen and improve your relationship. And if you're looking for something that provides a little more help with working on your relationship, whether it's improving intimacy or communication with your partner or just bringing the spark back, we would love for you guys to check out our online course, Spark My Relationship. We're offering $100 off to all of our listeners if you go to sparkmyrelationship.com forward slash unlock. We've worked with over 15 psychologists and therapists to create the real life tools and strategies that they are teaching their clients. So we wanted to give them to you. It's a self-paced online course that can be done 
in as little as a month or up to three months. You can really decide how much or how little you want to do with your partner or maybe just yourself. So we hope you guys check that out. It's sparkmyrelationship.com forward slash unlock. Have a great day. You are listening to a pleasure podcast. For more from our sex podcast collective, visit pleasurepodcasts.com.